0: Welcome to the voice of Dr. Yin, and I am your host, Dr. Li Meng Yin. This week, I have a very uh, special professional guest on the intelligence analyze, especially on the cognitive war aspect. He is Edward Hoffman. Edward is a retired federal senior executive and a U.S. Air Force veteran. His over four decades of service includes service as senior leader in the intelligence community and departments of defense, homeland security, DOE, uh, and Department of Energy, and also Department of State. He served as a senior uh, advisor to several IC agency heads the Assistant uh, Inspector General for Inspections for the Intelligence Community, Chairman of CIA's Strategic Planning, a Deputy Team Lead for the INF On-Site Nuclear nuclear Arms Inspections in the former Soviet Union, and as award-winning CIA Intelligence Analyst. He is currently an. in, uh independent consultant focusing on cognitive warfare. He's also a regular host on the National Security Hour, which is another uh, broadcast on the America Out Loud Radio Network. And we always have wonderful hosts in our uh, radio network. Welcome, uh, Edward. Thank you for coming to my show.
1: Well, very, very pleased to be here, Dr. Yan, and thank you for inviting me on. Uh, this is a it's a fantastic topic and I'm, I'm glad you're interested in talking about it, especially given your experiences and, and background both in, in Hong Kong and mainland China and uh, the COVID aspect. So looking forward to the discussion.
0: Thank you, Edward. Actually, I have Learn these things basically from uh, my childhood. But, uh, you know, in China, they brainwash everyone. They give this kind of con- uh, cognitive uh, cognition, this kind of manipulation to every Chinese since they were born. But uh, we usually can't realize that unless, uh, until that something happened. For me, uh, Hong Kong, pro-democracy protest. uh, uh protest sorry pro- protest in 2019 and also the outbreak of covid-19 uh, from the end of 2019 is the two uh, very significant uh event in my life to change my understanding and start to uh, know more about the cognitive uh, warfare and the strategies so before we start to talk about this I am very curious about your uh, intelligence analyst uh, experience. Could you, uh, I mean, if available, could you share with our audience that what does it mean uh, to be a a world-winning CIA intelligence analyst? Uh, I mean, that means you have done a lot to contribute to this Whole country and then become the award-winning uh, analyst, right? Could you tell me, uh, like, um, what you can share with us about your background, your experience in this field? Because this is always a mysterious field for most of
1: audience. No, no, fantastic question. So, uh, thank you, thank you for the question. So, so my background, I. Uh... I was a United States Air Force officer and I started in the intelligence community. I graduated from the University of Colorado Boulder with a degree in Soviet studies. Wow. and So I was uh, mentored and taught by one of the top professionals in that arena, uh, Dr. Edward Rosick. He had went to school with uh, both Dr. Kissinger and also Zbigniew Brzezinski, and he was a, a foremost expert in this arena. So he provided me a great deal of background information and introductions to a number of people who had uh, led the American Communist Party, but also people who had fought communists throughout the years. And so this whole cognitive aspect started back then. Uh, When I left the uh, college, I went into the Air Force. I was assigned over to the Defense Intelligence Agency on rotation to the Central Intelligence Agency, where I did an analysis there. The awards I I won there were related to analysts, uh, analytics related to Soviet nuclear forces. And the only thing I think I say there is basically I won the report of the year for one of my published reports. But of course, uh, because of classified, I can't go into details. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, that analytic experience, analytic training and background Uh, as well as my background in Soviet studies, has served me now for the last four decades as I continue to assess and analyze the situation, to include uh, yearly I teach at the Army War College on cognitive warfare.
0: May I know that when you start to study uh, Soviet Union and then nature you Spent for over four decades on this topic. Now, when we see that what is happening in Ukraine and Russia, although it, we know that Soviet Union is collapsed, but Russia, especially Putin regime, won't uh, even go back to that. Glory during the Soviet Union, or even uh, to the beginning of the Soviet Union at that time, you know, uh, Russia, uh, Russia, Soviet Union was very strong in the world. And now they even uh, paired with Ch- communist China to achieve their dominance in the world. Uh, so, according to your knowledge, could you tell our audience, is there any significant change? Uh, since the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, until now, in the past uh, three decades, in the cognitive, uh, strategic field, uh, happened in Russia, and also, what do you think about this kind of influence? Can uh now uh impact to the world because we uh we can feel strongly that. This time, when Russia launched the invasion towards uh, against the Ukraine, uh, Russia and China, as we know, they have signed the secret deals on joint propaganda. And we can see a lot of uh, misinformation support Russia, support China, which means they are uh, strongly against the democracy, against the U.S., uh, un, uh, I mean, Almost everywhere on social media and also on other media. so is, what do you uh, say from this kind of uh, significant uh, in this kind of significant change and what's the most important thing you uh, you want to tell our audience in this change?
1: No so so I appreciate the question. So from my perspective, <clears throat> I'll go back to the end of the Cold War. So when the Soviet Union collapsed, The day America declared that we won the Cold War, we then lost the Cold War. So what do I mean by that? Mm -hmm. So from a cognitive perspective, we said, great, the Soviet Union has collapsed. All these Soviet satellite countries are now uh, declaring their independence. And so we began to dismantle our capabilities, our capacity and our means to conduct cognitive warfare. US information agencies and other areas that we use not to push propaganda, to put, to push the truth, the truth mm-hmm. were dismantled. Our means and methods to then understand and make sure we had access to the various networks to pass and provide that truth were dismantled. Now, why is that important? <clears throat> Because the Soviet Union, as we all knew back then, as Russia exists now, as Ukraine exists now, were black market economies. And they're still black market economies. So once we declared the Cold War victory, we walked away and shut down our capacity and capability in the cognitive aspect to help influence and inform people. We deferred and left a vacuum to those who then drove the black market economies. Now, where does Vladimir Putin come from? Well, he comes from the KGB. Mm -hmm. He was born and raised in that realm of deceit, deception, and subversion. But he is also very smart as he understood that the Soviet power and now the Russian power was to be maintained based on maintaining that black market economy. And so he's worked with the oligarchs and over time gained acquiescence and now the chief leader of Russia now for several years, right? Yes. And he continues to push that black market economy. The problem with that is while he's doing that, the Russian people have been leaving in droves, especially the folks who are more educated and smart, the high-tech folks and stuff have been leaving in droves ever since the wall fell. Why? Because they didn't like the oppression. They don't like the oppression now. And they realize that they're still being lied to for the most part. So, Russia with China both were formed from the same set of deceptive practices. So, a lot of people think, you know, it's communism and such like that. Well, The way I look at cognitive warfare is that there are ways and means to an end. A good strategy lays out the ways and means to an end. The Mm -hmm. ways that the Soviets or the communist Chinese use are ideology. So in this case, communism. In past cases, it's fascism. In other cases, it's it's, uh, autocracy, and other things. The ways also include the use of religion. You see Islamic, Islamic jihads. Uh, You also see religion used back in old Christianity days and and the and the uh, uh, Spanish Inquisition and other things. And it includes issues. Okay, so whether like, for example, uh, during the Red Scare, when Jimmy Carter deployed uh, ground launch cruise missiles into Western Europe, they they use different issues as, you know, nuclear war and stuff like that. In the United States, you could say abortion and other things are issues that they have. So those are the ways, the means they use, cover a variety of different facets from economic, political, social, military, and others. And this is where our intelligence community and our Department of Defense, in my opinion, are living still in the industrial age with industrial age policies and cultures, and still haven't pulled the proverbial heads out of their rear ends to figure out that we're in a cognitive war, not only with Russia, but with China. It's been persistent and it will remain persistent. So now Russia and Putin also then saw that NATO was fairly weakened. uh, Even though when President Trump came in, he tried to strengthen NATO and get them to to pay their bill. Putin knew that NATO was weakened. Putin knew that NATO was not a threat. But he used the auspices of that to do the invasion initially in 2014. And when he did that under President Obama and Vice President Biden, he saw there is very little penalty to pay for that, very little reaction. So he did it again in 2022. Well, why? Because he liked to have warm uh, seaports, but he'd also like to have certain minerals and certain level of dominance from a cognitive perspective over Western Europe again. He knows he doesn't have the power, the military might, or authorities to to subjugate the old Soviet Union and recreate that. The people who who tell you that, people who pontificate on that, uh, are following themselves and then living in an old age, okay? Putin never going to create the old Soviet Union, but what he does want to do is create a cognitive atmosphere to subjugate, and so did the Chinese. And this is where <clears throat> China and Russia have formed an alliance. And in that alliance, they're using asymmetric and cognitive warfare to basically then de- defeat the United States. And let me give you an example for this. In Ukraine, as some people believe, I do as well, Ukraine is not a national U.S. interest other than the fact that you have a foreign power, Russia invading another country illegally. Strategically and over the long term, if Ukraine were to, and portions of Ukraine to remain in Russian power for a, a decade or more, is not gonna significantly impact the United States. However, the cognitive aspect of that, from Putin's perspective, is as long as he's in power, he'll never give them up. So he's going to hold and retain that. Also, though, from a strategic perspective and a strategy, Putin and China learned what we did in the Cold War to Russia and to the Soviet Union, in other words. They saw that we drained their national resources and we drained their bank accounts in fighting a kinetic development and build war at the same time with an ideological war. So what are they doing now in the Ukraine? Well, they're doing the exact same things to us, but in reverse. Mm -hmm. They're causing us to deplete our weapons stockpile, thereby weakening the United States and undermining their own military strength here in the United States, right?
0: Yes. Secondly,
1: not only are they depleting their resources, they're also, no, they're ratcheting up our national debt. Well, why did the Soviet Union collapse? Because they we- competed in a weapons war they couldn't finance, and in an ideological war they couldn't win. And so now, Russia and China doing the same things to us. Only in this case, I think China and Xi is, is playing a third level chess game, like go. And the third level chess game is this. Putin uh, is ill, potentially from all different reports, but even if he's not, he's only going to last so much longer. China thinks strategically, 100, 200, 300, 100 years, right? Yes. Well, Russia's a failed state. Regardless of what people say, Russia's a failed state. It is an energy economy right now with no specific other economy. It's a dictatorship. So by default, it's a failed state. And by default, dictators are suicidal by nature. So you have a failed state with a suicidal dictator in charge. From Xi's perspective, I would do the same thing he's doing. I would buttress and support Russia. Why? Because he's bleeding the US dry and he's bleeding their funding dry, which all benefits China. But as you know, back in the 1800s, China lost a significant amount of territory to Russia. Yes. So now, once Putin's gone, who benefits the most? Who has with the Belt and Road Initiative, who has with other initiatives, the means and methods to, again, go into the stands and basically usurp the cognitive warfare and usurp subjugation of those different regions, China does. Right? And with all the nuclear weapons that Ch- russia has who has the, who is going to be most well positioned then to then take advantage of those nuclear weapons china will
0: yeah that's his idea
1: and and china also needs a lot more space for its people right Russia people are dying and they're leaving they're dying younger and they're leaving so from a strategic perspective china is positioning themselves very well with respect to russia <clears throat> so their alliance for the moment is very good and it's very beneficial for the long term for Xi. And Putin is a puppet. He doesn't know it yet, but he's a puppet of Xi and he's being played by Xi. Putin has nowhere near the brains or attention span to to repeat what Peter the Great did in Russian history. Peter the Great reached out to the West and was building alliances with the West to strengthen Russia. Russian people, having been there and studied them for a long time, are resilient, wonderful people and have tremendous strengths. Putin's best alliance would be with Western Europe, Western states like the United States, to build that structure. But you have neocons in the United States and you have people who are stuck in the industrial age, still fighting the old Cold War they don't realize the best advantage and way forward is to then align and build a relationship with Putin to help build Russia and its economy from a black market economy into a more free society with a more capitalist thumb. But Russia doesn't know how to do that. Putin doesn't know how to do that. Why? Because he was trained by the KGB. So in simple terms, I I equate Putin with a youngster a dysfunctional youngster who doesn't know how to date girls all right so how did he date the west well he dates the west by pulling their hair or shooting them and killing them to draw attention because he thinks that's how you date because that's how we learn things in the KGB so it's it's a rather odd situation here where we have some significant leverage over both Russia and China but we're failing to use that because we're stuck with the focus on kinetic warfare And the real warfare that's been ongoing for decades now, centuries, is in the cognitive domain, the domain of the human mind. But our military, our intelligence community are stuck in the industrial age while China and Russia has moved into the information age. And they're outmaneuvering us daily. So I've gone on for a while. Let me stop there and and see if I've answered your question.
0: So... Thank you for sharing opinions. Uh, but when you talk about she's uh perspective, uh, for Russia, yeah, I I would say she definitely thought he uh, thinks that he could gain more advantage from Russia by pairing with Putin regime. Uh, however, we also have some um uh, source uh from the central uh. A committee of uh, CCP and also the People's Liber- Liberation Army that they have uh, told that actually it is kind of verified little by little in the past over one year. Uh, Xi is not as strong as Xi believes to control or influence Russia because uh, in the last over one year, uh, during first uh, our source has told us that the infiltration from the uh Soviet Union period until now, uh, from Russian side to China to Beijing to the CCP is very strong. Basically, there is a force which can uh kind of uh manipulate a lot of things around uh, Xi Jinping, and also uh in this uh kind of uh ally uh xi jinping and putin they have both been uh both shared one theory come from uh. i think you should be familiar with alexander Dugin, that about his euro that theory basically they believe russia should expand to uh to the uh east asian side and china can move their dominance to the uh East South uh, Asia and even uh expand to the Australia side. And so in this case, uh Russia and China can be dominant in the whole euro uh continent and also change American's dominance. So based on this theory, Russia from the uh from Xi and uh, the beginning, Xi and Putin signed the secret deal in the Winter Olympic has already made the deal to expand their uh control into the mainland China. Uh that means they have used uh, you know the pipeline uh in- industry to basically they want uh, they can, according to their agreement, they can even expand it to the to Shanghai which is basically the whole North China, uh, North East China is already went cl- uh the pipeline can go across. And also, Putin has got the uh, control, maybe not uh, total control, but they can uh, actually use the very good ice-free harbors in China, including my hometown Qingdao, so their nuclear submarines are uh, uh, actually parked in that harbor and they yeah. have done a lot of this kind of drone uh, exercise in other operations. So these all the uh, these are all the uh facts to show that once Putin got uh, how to say the uh, suppression or beaten from the uh, Ukraine battle from the Europe side, he uh, they will move towards the East Asian side, and they will also turn their focus on Japan, uh, the Pacific area, and also <laughs> according to their um culture or their the history, like what happened in the history, the uh, Russian will most probably at that time grab more uh terror uh terror. Territory from China again, and push Xi Jinping and the CCP to uh work with Russia uh based in China and towards the east side of the uh for the further battle. And like at that time, including Taiwan will be in CCP's pocket according to their plan. And also they will um of course focus on Japan, and they want to isolate Japan. They want to separate Japan from U.S. ally. So, all these things is uh from the real uh situation happened in cCP inside cCP that we don't think Xi Jinping regime would be so strong to control Russia uh especially if Putin has something uh something happened to Putin. we actually uh would say that most probably at that time china will be suppressed by russia no matter who comes after putin in this regime because the network and also this kind of uh fundamental things are already established and there are a lot of people inside ccp uh is help uh, helping uh russian regime so in this case uh That's what I want to share with you that um, she is not as strong as he believes. And also, uh, I won't say in Putin's perspective, she is so strong because now basically he's more like using she to financially support them and also provide other resources and kind of a tool for. For Russia regime, and also we know that in cCP's culture we try what we Chinese people learn is uh China, cCP actually really uh feel um scared of Soviet Union. that's why in most periods they have to uh separate from try their best to separate from Soviet Union, but still later they manage to help uh Russia in another alternative way to treat a mark together. So uh, yeah, this is just what I want, provide some additional opinions. And uh, considering that our, this section is already run out of the time and we will have a short break and we will go back to continue our topics on the cognitive war strategies and also Soviet Union, Russia, China, and the US. So welcome back soon.
1: Visit genesisfalker.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the
0: Genesis Fulger with promo code Outloud. with Genesis.
1: HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad,
0: and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutLoud.com,
1: join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America OutLoud Talk Radio the liberty, and justice for all.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the voice of Dr. Yin. And in the last section, uh, our guest uh, Edward, who is the award-winning CIA intelligence analyst, and with extensive knowledge about Soviet Union and also cognitive warfare, has told us the significant change happened after the Cold War until now. Uh, especially in Soviet Union. Uh, perspective on the cognitive warfare and I think this is very important because when I just want to tell something that before we start this uh, broadcast I talked with a Edward, I said, do you think American officials and the military leaders and uh, they have been fully aware of the cognitive warfare and uh, know what they can do? And he said, No, definitely not. So considering we are already, I mean, basically uh China and Russia has already launched this kind of attacks uh using this kind of uh strategies in the cognitive warfare against America. Uh, I I even can't believe that American officials or military leaders still are not fully aware of that. So that makes me feel very shocked. And so Edward, could you explain more to our audience that why American uh, people still not Aware of this, and uh, what do you think is the most important reason uh caused such lack of understanding and knowledge?
1: Okay, great, thank you, Doctor, for that that question. So <clears throat> let me touch first on your last comments on she and Putin. So sure, she may be weak, and she is weak. I mean, that's why he uh, gave up on the COVID restrictions, right? Because he was going to be overthrown by his own people if he didn't. Putin is very adept, and, and Russia has always infiltrated different societies. They've done very well infiltrating the United States as well. But how I look at it from a cognitive warfare perspective, that's opportunity for the U.S., opportunity for the United States and our allies, because dictators, again, suicidal by nature, they rule by tyranny, okay, major weaknesses there. And one of the reasons uh, that I talk about cognitive warfare is is that our U.S. Intelligence Community Department of Defense is on a reactive posture, not a proactive posture. What do I mean by that? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So we waited for Ukraine invasion 2014, then we reacted. We waited for invasion 22, then we reacted. We'll wait for China to put Confucius Institutes throughout the United States, then we reacted. We waited (laughs) for China to steal our R&D, then we reacted. The China flu, COVID-19. We waited in our intelligence community, the biggest failure in our intelligence community history, over a million Americans died, several million people across the world died. Because we waited. We are under, under an indications and warning paradigm. We waited, we reacted, it was too late. So What we have to do is we have to move from a reactive posture to a proactive posture. And why are our DOD and IC folks not aware? Because the culture that we grew up in, the industrial age culture, the industrial age structures, are built around an indications and warning paradigm, not today's information age paradigm. And so we react We don't drive. We don't lead. In simple terms, we don't have a United States strategy that tells the world what we want the different regions of the world to look like in the next 100, 200, 300 years. So by default, by default, we defer to Russia and China and what their vision of the world is, and we react to that. That's why I mean our leadership in the DoD, our leadership in the intelligence community needs to pull their proverbial heads out of their rear ends because you cannot be in a reactive posture and win you have to go on the offense, much as we did in the Cold War. Yes. By conveying our ideologies, our ideas and our intent and our vision for the world. Once you define the future, then you build a strategy and you implement and execute against the strategy to realize that vision. China is doing that and extremely well. So to your point, Xi's been extremely effective, extremely effective in driving the United States to react. Now, from my perspective as well, I also think Xi and Russia, Putin, have both compromised President Biden and his family. So when you have a compromised president who's given up the U.S. industry of energy, who is purposely destroying our financial and economic systems, what you have is a cognitive domestic war occurring in concert with an alliance with a global cognitive war. And this is where China and Russia are eating their lunch. And so the obvious aspects of what's going on, people don't want to believe what they see. So you sent me a paper on cognitive intervention, and it's all about strategic deception. So let me turn it back to you, because I think that paper explains a lot where China is going these days.
0: Yes. That is a paper I send you. It's just a one of many these uh, paper article in this topic uh, written in Chinese published in the uh, People's Liberation Army or uh, CCP's internal journal for the CCP officials or the military leaders reference and basically th- because you know China is a terrorist country and uh, this paper has to be uh I mean uh under the direction of Xi Jinping and also, uh, What they talk about in these kind of papers is to match Xi Jinping's uh, national strategy uh, and also his uh, China dream, his dominance in the world. So based on this uh, background, uh, the recent article I sent you is published uh, on the Journal of Intelligence in People's Liberation Army in 2019. And the author is... uh, uh, I have checked, He, uh, his name is Gao Jinghu, and his military title should be the senior colonel, at least uh, um, at that time, because he may get promoted now. And he is an expert In CCP's recognition War, I have um, a dozen of articles written by him and his teams. He belongs to the International Studies College of National University of Defense Technology in Nanjing. And in this article, because I I know it it will be difficult for you to read it at this moment, it's uh, basically written in Chinese. So they have uh, summarized their... uh, the the update and also summarize the latest uh, strategy on the strategic deception and because they they believe that the best way to win the cognitive war is to make the things uh expand in the enemy or in the targets uh all life. So basically that is from the uh, people around you, from the everything you experience, the, uh, this kind of deception are everywhere, because they believe this can uh shape your understanding of the uh society, can also interfere your cognition, can change your uh decision when you face to certain problem. So that's why they're talking about uh. It's already beyond, uh, what they can be used in the war. Actually, it is expand to every aspect in people's life, uh, from like um intelligence, uh, diplomatic, uh, uh, foreign affairs, and also propaganda. All like this, they are talking about the strategies expansion. Is the best thing is to make the target, uh, to self, uh. Accept the self-deception. That means they understand the target's think, uh, uh, thinking uh, understand this person's character, and they can put a lot of uh, interference factors around this target to make the target accept this kind of deception from the from his own heart. So then he will persuade himself that oh the the falsified uh, image it's a reality and that's why he can make the wrong decision and which can help uh, CCP to win this uh, cognitive war. So when I read this article, because um, although I, I'm, now I'm learning this from reading these articles from understanding CCP, but for me, uh, I don't quite understand how much on America side uh think about the strategic deception and the cognitive war. Uh, according to my knowledge, um in you on US uh, uh US side, you should use it in the war, not to target the ordinary people, especially not to target ordinary people in their whole life, right? So mm-hmm. I want listen to uh your understanding uh from American side on this topic, and then I want to share about some of these uh points from this article to make the comparison. Because in the last three years, especially in the COVID-19, I have seen how CCP used such uh strategy to people to change people's understanding of this pandemic, of the origin of COVID, change people's uh under uh knowledge about vaccines or the yes. mandate policies all together. So I wanna know uh first I want to hear from you about uh um, American side, how could the military use the this kind of strategy and then I say how China use it beyond this kind of uh acceptable range in the um in our lives.
1: Okay, great, great. So Back in February 2019, I released a paper as I retired from the intelligence community and Department of Defense. The paper was called the Future Military Intelligence Concept of Operations or CONOPS, an s and Roadmap 2035 to 2050. <clears> in that paper, I basically laid out what we're talking about here is cognitive warfare and the reasons why the United States is losing the cognitive warfare. So what you see happening with COVID-19 and the misinformation and cognitive warfare in China is the same thing you've seen happening here in the United States in a cognitive warfare that is domestic by certain individuals who wish to do the same type of subjugation in the United States from my perspective. But the information war you're talking about and the cognitive war you're talking about, what? I believe some of our military understand, but far few, far too few do, is that this cognitive war is perpetual. It is the primary war, and it's happening in the cognitive domain. And it's not kinetics. Okay, so our military industrial complex, our intelligence community, and our DOD are stuck on the kinetic warfare. And that's why we're losing the cognitive warfare. So let me give you a couple aspects here. So over a quarter century ago, I wrote the theory of the information equilibrium, which helps to discuss this whole paradigm we're talking about here. And I defined the concept of the information equilibrium as the transfer of knowledge through the, through the use of information-based sources, technologies and services which leads to an eventual equilibrium of the world's social, political, and economic situations. Such an equilibrium is based on the involvement of the public, private, non-profit sectors, basically the whole of society. I use the word knowledge, vice, information on purpose. Much information can be passed, but it is a formation of information, the useful concepts, ideas, or actions that denotes actual knowledge. The base concept here suggests that if one strives for the greatest access and distribution of information throughout the world by all peoples, the eventual result will be a transfusion of knowledge and ideas. Such that the world's general economic, social, political development will move towards an equilibrium. Now, why is that important? <clears throat> because the theory of the information equilibrium proffers and this is the difference between tyranny and freedom. The balance between societies that adv- advance and advocate for freedom and opportunity, democracy, individual rights, and those that advance for dictatorships, tyranny, autocracies, et cetera, lay in this fundamental, this fundamental fact, in the flow or the constriction of information in line with the concept of the information equilibrium, which I just laid out. In basic form, this means the more open the flow, the equilibrium will shift its balance towards democracy and freedom. The more constricted the flow of information, the balance shifts towards dictators, despots, and theocracies. So now why is that important in the paper that you're talking about? Because what they're talking about here is relaying a set of information based on a constricted flow of information, predominantly first to their own people, as we see what happens today in Russia and China, to maintain the subjugation of those people. It's critical because that deception is ongoing. It doesn't happen just during a kinetic war, it's ongoing now. And as I wrote back then, unless we adjust our future concept of operations to account for the paradigm shifts that have occurred under our feet, this is February of 2019, our nation and its intelligence operations will once again awaken too late to a different reality which is likely to end badly with a significant long-term impacts to our nation's security and place as world leader. I project such a negative and reactive outcome to occur either because we lost the cognitive war totally, our adversary succeeded in undermining their institutions and democratic foundation to such an extent they are no longer viable, or because our efforts to counter in the cognitive domain came too late. And I end this by saying we, we fail to act in the cognitive domain. We will likely end up in a major kinetic conflict resulting in devastating outcomes in physical and human toll, which recovery is questionable. So where are we now, Dr. Yan? We're exactly at that point is our DOD folks, our IC folks are projecting war with China and Taiwan moving towards a kinetic war because we're losing the cognitive war. And this paper... That you sent me, I was able to translate some of it through the wonders of Google Translate. It's very spot on in many aspects, but they talk about the cognitive intervention, the cognitive theory, and the methods used. But they do it more so in the realm of direct warfare, kinetic warfare. But the other paper, a couple other colonels wrote on unrestricted warfare, also applies. Same thing with Sun Tzu. Yeah. This is the art of cognitive warfare. So, so back to you.
0: Yes, yes, I, I agree with you. They also, there are other paper. I mean, some paper I haven't sent you also talk about some, uh, we call it Sun which is you mean Sun Tzu uh, because that was kind of uh, basically uh, Sun Tzu is a person in ancient China and uh, several thousand years ago, he was the first person to talk about the war strategy in Chinese history and also he has combined the Chinese culture into the strategies, which make it very uh, uh, special, uh, from uh, different from the Western cultures and the Western strategies so when you talk about the uh, kinetic war and also the you said that america should be more proactive i totally agree with you because in CCP's uh opinion in their perspective they have already um they improved the unrestricted war now it has go to the new age and they have combined the uh, kinetic war with the cognitive war in their strategy. Because when we talk about kinetic war, we're basically talking about like the hacking uh, cyber things and also using uh, artificial intelligence uh, information uh, using this technology uh, misinformation to conduct the war. And China has deepened the understanding and also application of the kinetic war basically uh from ccp and people's liberation army side they try to impl- uh, how to say, uh, implant this kind of uh wrong cognitive uh, cognition which fit their ideology or their strategy through this kind of uh technology like the uh, misinformation on Twitter, on other social media, yes. on TikTok, and also traditional way like the mainstream media, newspaper altogether, and also they have huge amount of force uh to apply this through people, and that is why Xi Jinping and the uh, uh, CCP always talk about people's war. Yeah, that means using the huge amount of misinformation to manipulate your understanding of the term, of the concept, or your understanding of the situation. I think the very typical example people now can understand is before the pandemic happened, China first covered up the outbreak in Wuhan. And then since January 2020, remember at that time China and WHO cheat people that no human to human transmission no worry about that but i revealed that human to human transmission exists and china and the who were covering it up together also i pointed out that this is the ccp's about uh, a novel bioweapon released from the lab not from the nature and also I provide the backbone uh, virus, CC45, this information to the public. Immediately, within 24 hours, CCP adjusted their strategy and they, they basically immediately start to release the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology's fake uh, virus evidence that they claim they have something called itg 13 obtained from Yunnan, West China, and also they claim that it's 4% uh, difference between that virus and the COVID-19 virus. And also they start to put a lot of information on the nature origin theory. They start to organize the yeah. paper with Peter Dashak and uh, recruit like 27 top virologists uh, to sign the letter to confirm nature origin, to deny the non-nature origin, claim lab origin as conspiracy, and praise Chinese Communist Party in anti-COVID-19. So these are all the initial steps for them to promote this kind of misinformation, to pin down the other side, which is the lab origin side. And anyone who has this kind of curiosity at that time even cannot speak. So China used this way to coordinate and also control the voice. In the COVID case, they control the voice of the top virologists, medical journals, and WHO. And then they can, this kind of uh, influence can be amplified through their partners in the media and the different government. And also uh, they they pin to the they basically uh pin to different levels. If you listen to the uh, news, then they give you the news. If you yeah. are the official, you need the professional opinion, they use compromised scientists to mislead you or suppress you. So yeah. this is a very typical example to show when ccp makes uh, all this kind of method to exert the uh power of the cognitive war they can really get quite a lot of advantage at least uh, the whole 2020 i remember when i tell people this is from lab and uh, basically i get kind of a uh, total suppression and uh, uh, beating by the other side until 2021 more and more people start to realize that after their investigation or after the what they suffer from the pandemic they start to realize oh no there should be something wrong and then push towards to the lab origin more and more people start to wake up but still you say we until now we wasted three years. And yeah. we just reached to the initial step to understand lab origin, CCP lab origin, and we still need to fight uh, against the uh, more this kind of uh, misinformation from CCP's cognitive war. For example, we have to fight against them with, is this a US military bioweapon or is from China? Or is that bioweapon or not a bioweapon just the. a, Civil study, uh, outcome by accident released, or oh, is this come from the Ukraine bio lab or not? And uh, oh, altogether, I mean, also like, is this from Xi Jinping or maybe Xi Jinping's political enemy try to frame set Xi Jinping up? All this kind of misinformation continuously waste people's time, and this is something when we talk about cognitive war. Uh, I mean today we mean we don't have enough time, but I hope that in the future, we can have our audience know more about the uh, how this kind of strategy works in our lives, not only in the war time but also in the peaceful time like now, and how to change this kind of influence, how to overcome the uh the damage from this kind of cognitive strategies and also turn the situation, become more proactive and finally beat them. And we only have one minute left. I want uh, hear you uh, to give our audience a brief summarize about what we discussed, sir.
1: Okay, fantastic. So let me me say, basically the cover-up you're explaining was also uh, amplified here in the United States. By allies of the CCP who censored, canceled, and controlled the information. The administration, who I think is again compromised right now, wants to do a deal with the World Health Organization, which is compromised and aligned with China. China murdered 7 million people worldwide, no accountability. Russia undertook the colonial pipeline hack, no accountability. TikTok, WeChat, DNA data. China has all the information they need. When they sent agricultural seeds a while back to the United States, it was a test run from my opinion. They could send any type of bio weapon they want across the United States and impact it significantly. Same thing with the balloons. So it's time we start to wake up and realize the cognitive war, World War III is already undertaken and on its way. And we're way late, way short and way behind.
0: Thank you so much, sir. I uh, so appreciate of your appearance in my broadcast. And that we, I believe we can have more discussion in the future to uh, deepen the understanding of the uh, cognitive warfare uh, with our audience. And uh, thank you, everyone, for joining me uh, in the voice of Dr. Yen. And we will be weekly come to you uh on Saturday and Sunday at 4 p.m. EST. And also you can find the broadcast after that from different uh, free apps. Uh, American Auto Radio uh, Network always will provide you the fantastic broadcast. Thank you.